Do you know what time it is? It's that time again with Cindy Gern, who has the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome. Uh, we have exciting, uh, exciting different guests. We have two guests this time who uh, work for uh, and with the Nova Hospital uh, System in uh, Virginia. Uh, we have Francesca Mogul, who uh, is uh, originally from Germany and East Germany, and she has a special interest in the environment and the safety of people and, the, and their relationship to organic matter. And then we have Seema Wadwa who is, uh, believe it or not, started her career as a civil engineer. She worked in transportation. She worked in housing or land development. Uh, and then she worked in health. And uh, so uh, we're going to see how their experiences and their friendship and their peers and, and work has come together to create a program that they're very excited they, and, and about and excited to tell us about. So, Francesca. First of all, you, what is your your background? My background. Well, thank you for having us here. Um, I'm really excited to be able to talk about my background. No one actually ever asks us where we started, right? And as you said, um, I'm originally from Germany. So uh, when I came to the U.S. in 2001, I never thought I would be where I am today and, and would be in the field I am today. And it really started at Georgia. Mason University, where I got my undergraduate degree in marketing and in, in international studies, if you believe it. And I really thought I would be in the field of marketing uh, for my entire life. And then I started working for Nova in, in healthcare, not really my first choice, but it really was my destiny or has become my destiny. And a little bit about how I uh, came to where I am today. So I actually started in recruitment in HR, and I did some work in marketing, so I was able to apply what I learned. And uh, I, I worked in many different departments. Uh, HR was one of them. Uh, then a program that was targeted for um, creating educational um, sessions and materials in medicine for the extended military family. I was in care management uh, doing data analytics, had the fortunate opportunity to work under our CEO and learn and being mentored there. And I was exposed then finally, after getting my MBA from the University of Maryland, I was exposed to uh, what we call the Innova Translational Medicine Institute. Um, and ITMI, as we call it for short, uh, does a lot of work in genomics and genetics, uh, looking at DNA. And it really resonated with me. It really fascinated me and really uh, triggered um, that interest that I had from my childhood that my grandfather gave me. And uh, from there on out, I really wanted to focus on this field of genomics. 
but I wanted to apply what I learned in business. So uh, the two fields married, or I married them. And from uh, there on out, uh, starting in 2013, I really applied my institutional knowledge to the application and implementation of genetic and genomic testing within healthcare. First of all, what is the difference between genetic and genomic? Good question. So genetics usually focuses on one gene, and genomics uh, focuses on the whole. So what we know now about your entire genome. So when they say hazardogenomic, hazardogenomic background, they're talking about the whole thing, all the genetics. Yes, everything that everything. is known today, not just looking at one gene in one area, but the entire uh, genome. Well, we'll talk about genomics in a second because uh, you, I think, your your hospital is the first hospital to make a big splash in genomic testing on this side of the river. That's right. Because a lot of the work is done on the on the other side in Maryland. Sure, <laughs> and uh, when we just interviewed uh, uh, the director of economic development for Montgomery County. And uh, he said, you know, he talked about the labs that they have available and et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, that's over there, and we're we're here, and this is the first genomic uh, testing uh, project that I've heard of. So maybe maybe you'll get started here. So Seema, you tell me about your background. I know it's you've combined uh, unusually broad and different uh, fields to come up with your sustainability orientation. Sure. So as you mentioned, I was born and raised in Canada, and. Um, you know, came here first as an intern to do a summer summer internship with an engineering firm, and then upon my graduation had the opportunity to join that firm full-time. Um, you know, I have to be honest, I did not anticipate that D.C. would turn into my home, but I, I love it now and couldn't imagine being anywhere else. So I spent the first part of my career working on transportation uh, as a transportation engineer, really helping to design roads and bridges and uh, those types of systems. And from that, migrated into land development, where I was really focusing on designing neighborhoods and all of the infrastructure and the roadways and the systems that supported those neighborhoods. And quite honestly, you know, as I looked at the impact I wanted to have on the world, saw that that wanted to be more upstream into really creating healthier neighborhoods versus really on just designing them. Mm -hmm. So that led me to the opportunity through some um, guidance with my family and uh, my sister into becoming a LEAD AP. And that stands for, that's LEAD, that stands for Leadership in Environmental and Energy Design. And it really is focused on creating systems, building systems around us that minimized our impact on the environment. Um, They minimize the impact of the building on the environment and all that goes into the building. That is very true. Okay, and and everybody knows who's lead because everything everything is uh, lead-oriented, and we're glad that you're a lead. Uh, And and I guess Nova's lead too, isn't it? We definitely have quite a few lead buildings. Really? Um, Okay, I'm sorry, so go on. And so from that lead training, I had the opportunity to start some work with Nova. It started as uh, a short, shorter-term relationship that drew into a multi-dimensional, multi-year relationship uh, as a consultant, and at the same time, then started to lead a national initiative that was focused on integrating sustainability into the healthcare industry with some major nonprofit partners. 
that grew to 1,300 hospitals. And quite honestly, through that journey, one of the things that really stood out to me was how our environment impacts our health. So, you know, as a society, I think our historical vantage point has been more around what impact are we having on the environment? You know, how are we impacting the air, the water, the trees, all of those systems, which, you know, again, goes Mm -hmm. to that point of, you know, the impact the building is having on the environment. But I think we've shifted as a society to now look at what impact is the environment having on our health? How is the air we're polluting impacting our quality of COPD, our asthma, you know, the water systems, whether you're looking at lead in the water or other contaminants? I mean, it's almost like a circular problem, you know, like... It is. It's, yeah, it's, it's very much so a relationship between the two. Yeah, so, so you can't solve one without the other, and you can't curls up, you can't have an advantage in one without a disadvantage in the other sometimes. Well, and that's where it's really looking at those synergies mm. and those relationships. And that's what ultimately uh, continued my path into growing to our wellness arena. So I mm. started by overseeing our employee wellness program mm. and really looking at some of the strategies of engagement and impact. And, you know, I have to say, um, I feel very appreciative of having a technical background coming into what I'll say are some of these softer arenas such as wellness so that I can bring some of the uh, data analytics and some of the thought process behind measuring our impact to really show that there is true value in the work that we're doing and bringing those together. So tell me, Francisca and Simo, what... uh your definition of sustainability. I mean, it's, it's, I've heard it used in every conceivable conversation, in every conceivable way, from transportation sustainability to, <laughs> to whatever. How do you ultimately view sustainability uh, with, your, with the people that you're serving? So, you know, I think your point is very valid that there's a lot of different ways to define it. Mm-hmm. From an environmental perspective, um, a lot of people define it as what we know as the triple bottom line. And that is really the relationship between um, people, planet, and profit or economics. And, you know, that's what I would say differentiates it from going green. Where going green is really focused on what what is the environmental impact. Sustainability is looking at that interrelationship between all of those elements of what what impact are we having on the environment, on the people around it, and how are we looking at that from a business lens? And so, you know... Is that important to look at it through the business lens? Well, from my personal perspective, I think it really is because I think that working with large organizations, large and small mm-hmm. organizations, mm-hmm. they really can act as levers for good. So the healthcare industry uh, represents 18% of the American GDP. And if we used that force, that business force, nonprofit business force, Mm -hmm. to really be a positive driver for our environmental impacts and see how we can drive sustainability, it it is very powerful. And, Mm -hmm. you know, quite honestly, um, when you waste less, you save more, which is one of the basic principles of sustainability. And it's funny, we, we call it, we are in healthcare, right? But do we really always provide healthcare? It's mostly sick care. 
And oh, so okay. I think that's interesting. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think focusing on sustainability and wellness is such a, a wonderful uh, part of the work we get to do. And, and it uh, contributes to um, keeping employees happy, retention rate. Um, so it, it it's a whole circle, as you said, Cindy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, what one of the points you just made in terms of that transition from sick care to health care, um, you know, some years ago, Anova really went to a shift in that mindset of how do we keep people well? How do we keep people healthy and truly outside of our system, our health care system, and really focus on being a health system mm. so that, um, you know, the, the focus on wellness really is where we can invest. So I, looking at it from the outside, looking, putting the lens on from the outside, looking at there, uh, the interest is in having a healthy work environment, environmental and structural in every conceivable way for your employees, and then having the systems in place to help them uh, identify their ill, when they're ill. And so. That's right. Yes. And um, if you think about the determinants of health, uh, generally, you you look at a um, percentage of 100% and 30% are believed to be genetic in nature. And 60% can be mitigated with uh, lifestyle management choices, the environment, as Seema mentioned. So I think that's where that connection comes into play. And interestingly, only 10% are contributed to the uh, traditional ways of providing medical care and providing interventions. So if you think about that again, 30% genetic, 60% environment and lifestyle and, 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 and social determinants and only 10% medical interventions, then it's really important to equip yourself or have that knowledge about your genes and perhaps uh, at a it's only 10%, point. though. It, it's 30%. Oh, it's 30%. Yes. And then making decisions based on that knowledge and, and making decisions uh, about your lifestyle that can really impact um, how how well you are. And, and wellness is, uh, um, some people define it differently, but really in the context of healthcare, I think it's really important to understand. So help me understand it. Sure. So happy to. <laughs> <laughs> I know you people are, you are so expert at this. And uh, and I think that our listeners would like to know too. And, and this is just the first step to knowing, you know, it's getting the big, big picture and putting your feet on the ground and yes. and then learning to walk uh, the talk uh, if you will but uh, it's 30 percent so it, let's say you you have make everybody aware of healthy living mm-hmm. and what their bodies have vulnerabilities in so what would you what would you see as the outcome of this what would people be doing differently so I think there's two elements to that, and I'll let uh, Francie speak to the first one in terms of on that medical management, how how testing can help support what that path looks like, and I'd be glad to follow up in terms of what that means for actual living your life in terms of lifestyle. Okay. Right. Sure. sure. <laughs> and, and maybe I can, this is the point where I can really drill into uh, genomics, perhaps, genomics, and, yeah. and, and how we have implemented it at ANOVA and, and how I see this helping uh, patients and individuals who don't necessarily have to be sick. So to give you an example, and, and we can talk about this perhaps later, too, is um, 
under the the umbrella of what has been coined precision medicine. So looking at environmental factors, precision, precision medicine, oh, precision. where uh, genetics plays and, and genomics plays a big role. Um, what is called pharmacogenomics um, is one of the lower hanging fruits, meaning there is a lot of medical application in the field already. The, the field of precision medicine is still new, but pharmacogenomics, which is just a fancy name for looking at an individual's genetic makeup and how they metabolize certain medications, and, and we at ANOVA call it Medimap, so perhaps easier to remember like medication map. But that is one example, I, I think, in a very good one where individuals can get tested ahead of time. You do a, one test, and since it's genetic information, it's valuable for a lifetime, and it equips you regardless if you are on medications or perhaps if you will be on medications later on in life. But this information at ANOVA lives in our electronic health record. So the information is there. It pops up for any clinician who may order a medication for you, and it tells you and your healthcare provider whether or not a medication is safe for you. So let's say Plavix. Plavix is given uh, to some of the patients that are seen in our heart cath, uh, who get a heart cath in our um, uh, Innova Heart and Vascular Institute. And a lot of these patients who go through a heart cath procedure are put on Plavix. Well, Plavix is a prodrug. That means you need a certain enzyme that is produced um, in your body that needs to activate the drug. If you have a genetic change and that enzyme is not produced, you cannot activate this drug. So it's not useful and you should be put on an alternative. And there are many other uh, examples, for instance, codeine, uh, codeine that is given even to children. And um, that is why a lot of uh, the uh, medication black box warnings, so the information you see on the back of a medication box, the FDA brings out these safety alerts where that genetic information is known so that people have the understanding, uh, clinicians have the understanding that there is a genetic component to how medications are metabolized. It's not the silver uh, bullet. It's not uh, a magic bullet. But it is one component that is just another um, tool in the toolbox. And um, another nice uh, fact is that we equip the individual or the patient with that information. So it doesn't just live in our electronic health record. It doesn't just go to the physician who orders this test. But you as the individual get a nice report that is color categorized. So it's easy to understand. And you take that information and you can use it throughout your life. It doesn't just have to be now. It doesn't have to be a It can be any place. Yes. Well, and you know, um, I will say I personally am a benefactor of that report. We had, I had a Medimap done on my daughter when she was born at Anova Fairfax Hospital Medical Campus. And, you know, it was very enlightening to see over her lifetime what medications may not be effective for her. And that was personalized really? for her as an individual. They can, they can actually say here these red, yellow, and green. Whether you, whether you have this medication and, and, and it may not work. So, you know, I think there is one or two medications, one that was red and one that was yellow, that she will have that information for her lifetime in terms of if you end up in a disease state that will require 
medications, this one will not be effective and for it you. Is, and the chances would be good that, that she would have been... Yeah, they're common common medications. common medications. You know, I think it's a panel. Uh, the full panel is um, one hundred forty five medications, and it crosses uh, between different medication categories, so psychotropics, pain medications uh, for children, ADHD, um, heart medications, etc. And it it really speaks to wellness um, because it. it as you said, it's this added component, and um, there it eliminates trial and error. So, if you are, for instance, on a med- medication, and especially in um, in the psychotropic medication category, there's a lot of trial and error. So, you're put on a medication. Usually, it's not the brand; uh, it's the generic, and then you have to wait if it really helps you. And uh, by having this test and this test result. I think you can get, hopefully, to uh, the best medication for you uh, faster without having to go through that trial and error and costly medication. Um, I have a question that may not be relevant, but I'll ask it anyway. (laughs) Um, All questions are good. All all questions are relevant. Okay. Uh, Sometimes we hear that it's not the medication, but it's the combination of medications that do the most damage. So how does how does this help that in that very yeah. good question. So so this test only looks at a uh, at the genetic component of it, not at the interaction. That's an added level. Um, and as I said earlier, genetics is just one component. It adds to what you usually look at, uh, such as your gender, your weight, your age, etc. So these sort of things and, and uh, medication interactions are still valid, but add now this genetic component to it and hopefully um, you're more equipped to make the right prescription decision or to even work with your healthcare provider, your, your pharmacist, your uh, clinician on, on um, having a partnership around healthcare, right? I, I truly believe in being an empowered patient, an empowered um, individual, and, and it helps, frankly, to stay healthy and well for Re- some Would you repeat, just, just you know, in our closing moments uh, for both of you, would you re- repeat the percentage of, of you know, the, the percentage of people who are affected by, you know, health? Uh, mm-hmm. and those Absolutely. Are, so the health determinants that you're talking about, 30% genetic, 60% environment and lifestyle choices, uh, socioeconomic, components, and then 10% medical intervention, so the traditional means okay. of healthcare. Okay. And so where I come in is that 60%, where yeah. my team helps support an individual is working on what are the things we can do to help you reach your optimal health, regardless of where you are on your journey. So, you know, the mission of, of Nova Well is to create a sustained culture of wellness, by leveraging our clinical expertise and using evidence-based solutions. And MediMap is one of those evidence-based solutions where, you know, we can, we can partner to, you know, um, make sure that the medications you're taking are the most effective for you. But on the other end, you know, we focus on, um, you know, being aware, getting active, eat well, healthy mind, health coaching, and being connected. In all of those areas, we work with individuals and with organizations to help map out 
journeys so that a person can really focus on those key elements that are those um, those those social drivers. Wow. You know, people out there in radio land, uh, it's a lot to absorb, and it's uh I was thinking about, you know, the doctor saying you can swim but you can't bike, <laughs> you can take medicines. <laughs> I mean, this is very, very uh, complex. I think a new age. We can always, you know, solve problems with with medication in today's new age of having facts in your data, data, <laughs> your data oriented, right? Uh, well, uh, well, I was going to ask you, uh, our, how you got to your. Uh, know what you want to do in your careers but we don't have time and so you'll have to uh, continue this conversation at another time when we can talk about the future and and now uh, we can talk about uh, how we can all live healthy lives and also uh, sustainability lives and also uh, affect our, our environment as well that's we're, we're very very keen on uh, on on that role and so much there's so much to be learned and so much to be said that we find it overwhelming so uh, as somebody who has worked in the uh, environmental field I just kind of so more problems than it's worth but it's not not a problem is it we thank you both for coming thank you so much for having us and you know I don't know what the future holds but I hope it will include continuing our dialogue uh, and continuing to work Partner with friends okay. and together, yes, <laughs> as together. a team and friends. And it's just through friends <laughs> yes. working together. So yes. thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see you next time. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.